Welcome to another episode of Across the Field. Double B and Brady coming at you again. Brady, how's it going this evening? Doing good, Brett. Today, uh, today's been a good day. Kind of a recovery day for me after the last two crazy days uh, working in Lima and then making the trip up 75 to Bowling Green. But it's been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to the next couple days as well. It has been a tremendous week of basketball thus far and very exciting. Uh, Crestview obviously getting the dub on on uh, Tuesday night and Wayne Trace getting her done last night in the early ball game. Uh, Van Wert's playing right now. I saw they were up three at the half. We'll kind of keep each other updated, I'm sure, on that. Um, first thing I wanted to start with is uh, the Brian Lady Bears. They played this afternoon uh, down in Dayton, lost by 14 uh, to the defending state champs. Um, sound like they were down by one and a half. That's kind of the extent of it. I, I listened to it a little bit um, while I was at lunch today. And then I also kind of kept up on Twitter, saw the stat sheet. Um, so congratulations to them on their season. Um Pretty exciting for the the Brian Lady Bears and uh, Brady. You got anything to add on that? I mean, I don't. You probably just saw the same thing I did on Twitter. I'm assuming. Yeah, it sure did. And uh, I mean, Purcell Marion, tremendous team. They had the Ohio Ms. Basketball on that team, and it sounded like Brian came out and shot it really well at the start, but um, it just wasn't sustainable for them. But tremendous year for the Lady Golden Bears, like you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, congratulations to them making the final four. And uh, they've got nothing to be ashamed about. Um, but let's move into the boys and let's talk about the regionals um, up at Bowling Green. You and I have been up there the past two evenings, taking a night off tonight. Um, like we mentioned before, uh, let's just go ahead and start with Tuesday night. Let's start with the early ball game. Uh, Patrick Henry and Marion Local. Uh, what really stood out to you in that game, Brady? Just take her away from there. Well, I mean, it was a good game. I was impressed with how Patrick Henry came out and how competitive they were. I thought their defense and their quickness and their length was giving Marion Local some issues at the start of the game. But your major takeaway from that game is the size of Marion Local and Austin Niekamp and Jack Kanapke inside. I mean, having two guys of that size, 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", whatever they are, in Division Four, I mean, that's such a tough matchup. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, just watching that game, I mean, that's that's my biggest takeaway from them. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously those two are the focal point for mm-hmm. Marion. Um, but I tell you, they've got some pretty decent guard play, too. Their guards are solid. They take care of the basketball. Um, they're not jacking a bunch of threes, but uh, – they're capable of hitting them, and so if you go into double, I mean, they're, they're capable of, of shooting the ball too. Yeah, that was another big takeaway for me because I wasn't real sure how their guard play would be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. It's nothing flashy. They obviously defend very well, as we expect the Flyers to do every year, and I don't think their guards are tremendous scorers or anything, but they all are tough, and they handle the ball kind of by committee. And, I mean, they get the ball where it needs to go. They understand the flow of their offense and the flow of the game overall. So, I mean, their guards, nothing flashy or special, but just rock solid was what I thought, Brett. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, like you mentioned, I was I was not really surprised, but I guess how aggressive Patrick Henry was 
uh, throughout the entire game, but really how they just kind of kept taking every punch the first half and, and they had an answer for it um, every time down the floor, it seemed like. Yeah, they sure did. And then in the second half, just a couple of their guys, they just had tougher nights shooting the basketball. I know uh, Krieger didn't shoot it as well as he's capable. And yeah. Nash Meyer had a tough night. So they just didn't get enough shots to fall in the end. Um, I'll tell you the one guy I was really impressed with throughout the game is the coach's son, uh, Mac Heber. Mm-hmm. For just a freshman, man. He is tough, has a beautiful mid-range pull-up jumper, and he's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. It, uh, you mentioned it uh, earlier this week that they're going to be around for a while, and uh, it was exciting to watch them play. Uh, no, obviously they came up short, but they hung right with them for three quarters, um, and we know how good Marion Local is. They're, they've been a solid team. And um, so I, I was pretty impressed. I thought it was a pretty good game all the way around. And finally, the Flyers just seemed like they pulled away with it there in the fourth. Yeah, so, I mean, for Patrick Henry to hang in that game as long as they did with the size differential, Marion Local being so much bigger, I was really impressed with the way Patrick Henry battled in that one. So congratulations yeah. again to them on a really good season. Yep, and then we'll move to the nightcap Tuesday night. Uh, Crestview and Mohawk. And um, I tell you what, the Crestview Knights get it done, sixty-one to forty. I was impressed with multiple guys, but I'll go ahead and let you start on this one too. What impressed you the most about this one? Well, I thought early in the game, Crestview had a tough time settling in, as we see a lot of times in the regional semifinal games. Your first game in the Stroh Center in the bigger arena with the lighting, and we talked about all that. You know, it's just a different feel. And in the first quarter, I thought Crestview had a tough time settling in offensively they were taking a lot of shots quicker than what they normally do kind of one pass to a shot and they just couldn't quite get their feet underneath of them and I think they were up eight to seven after the first quarter but then once they did get comfortable I mean Mm. look out and it it came in a flood I mean Gavin Etzler and Nate Lickley were tremendous as always I thought Carson Hunter did a great job being the floor general for them they got a nice game inside from Ren Sheets. And so, I mean, really, you can go all the way up and down their lineup. Even their bench guys, uh, Easterling and Sheets, came in, gave them big minutes. So, I mean, once they got comfortable, it was it was scary, and that game was pretty much over. Mm-hmm, for sure. i tell you, the one thing I really like about Crestview, and we know Gavin, that's sort of handled the ball pretty much as freshman, sophomore, and, and maybe even last year some. To me, it's the the ability for Gavin to play off the wing a little bit more, kind of the same thing Wayne Trace has done this year with Brooks. Um, and for Carson Hunter and Mitch Temple, like primarily handling the ball and kind of running the tempo, um, I was really impressed with that. I know I saw it earlier, but the way they commanded the game Tuesday night was, was impressive to me, I thought. Crestview has the exact – formula that you want for winning in tournament time they have veteran guards that take care of the basketball a senior-led team they take great shots and they're tough defensively they can guard you one through five and so Mm -hmm. I mean that's typically what you want at this time of year out of your team and I I like what you said about Gavin Etzler because I think his improvement um, coming from when he was a freshman and sophomore to a senior I mean he's improved as much as anybody in the area he is tremendous and he never shoots out of turn i mean everything he gets 
is within the flow of their offense. Absolutely. Yeah, the the I just remember as freshman year playing over at their place, uh you know, when I was coaching them, we got mm-hmm. after pretty good, obviously, and and he got frustrated and you could tell just being the young kid, he just had stuff to learn and just the, the development from and the past three or four years has just been incredible to me to watch him play. And he, he plays with so much more poise. Um, he doesn't really get upset. He just keeps playing and, and keeps plugging away. And I just think that speaks a lot to that kid's character. Exactly. Yeah. They were really physical with him. Mohawk was throughout the game and he mm-hmm. was not rattled one bit. And we kind of asked him about that after the game. And he said, well, after playing St. John's and Otterville in the district, <laughs> I'm kind of used to it by now. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a pretty good matchup tomorrow night up at the show, Marion Local and Crestview. Um, what do you expect in this game, Brady? Who's got to play big for the Knights? Okay, so I'm really surprised at what the outside reaction is uh, just with some people I've talked to coming into this game because it seems like consensus is in on Marion Local. Really? And I'm like the complete opposite, and I wouldn't be shocked if Crestview won this game comfortably, controlled the whole game. I mean, I just – I, I don't know what their weakness is. And here, here's the thing about Marion Local when you look at this matchup. Uh, Kanapke and Kneekamp inside, they're very good and they're obviously huge. But most of their offense came off of missed shots and crashing the offensive glass and getting yeah. putbacks. They're yep. not really guys that are going to score 20, 25 points on you with their back to the basket, drop stepping or, you know, spinning baseline, stuff like that. Really, they're just going to crash hard on every shot that goes up. So I think if Crestview takes care of business on the glass, like I expect them to, with their size not only in Ren Sheets, but guys they can bring in off the bench, like Easterling and Sheets, um, I would throw Mitch Temple and Carson Hunter and Lickley all in that mix, and Jarrett Harding, you know, they rebound really by committee, Crestview does. I just wouldn't be stunned if Crestview controlled the whole game if they're able to get comfortable and get out to an early lead. I agree with you. You know, you and I were texting back and forth the other night after the game and Murray local is solid. Don't get me wrong, but Crestview, just the depth that they can throw at you. Um, and all those guys are not that they're six, seven, but they're all pretty good sized kids and they're strong, big kids. Um, I just think they can hang right with them, and, and I, I really agree with you. I think they can control the game, and uh, it could be a, a long night for the Flyers if, if Crestview gets comfortable. The key to the whole game is going to be dribble penetration because mm-hmm. if Marion Local's guards are able to get to the rim and you draw the big to come help, you can just throw it up there if you're a Marion Local guard, and as long as it hits the glass, one of those two big guys is going to come down with it and get an offensive putback. Sure. But with how good Crestview is, not only in their man-to-man defense, but, I mean, with their help defense also in gap, I just think the Flyers are going to have a really difficult time getting deep dribble penetration. I agree. I agree. Should be a really good game. And here, here's what I think. I think uh, you don't need a, a fantastic night from Ren Sheets. I just think you need a nice, solid defensive performance from Ren Sheets. He doesn't even have to score 20. Um, you know, he's just got to play his role, do his job. And I think 
as a whole, Crestview will be fine. They'll be in a good position. Yeah, I loved what Crestview did offensively against Mohawk, too. They were playing four out, one in with four mm-hmm. guys that are really good scorers, can score at three levels. But every one of them on the catch, they were looking to get the ball inside the Ren sheets and play inside out. And I just think with the number of offensive weapons that the Knights have, I mean, they're so tough to defend. And we've talked about it before, but you never know who it's going to be. I just really like this Crestview team. I think it means a lot to them to get this far. And I, I, I expect them to play a really good game and be in a good position to win that tomorrow night. I agree. I agree. Can we talk about Carson Hunter for a second? Just I know we kind of touched on him already, but he threw some passes the other night that were just unreal. Um, yeah. He had a high school kids. The one pass he made, I think it was the second half, um, maybe late third, early fourth quarter, and I think it was down on the baseline to Nate Lickley, and he had like a reverse layup maybe. Um, and I could be thinking of a totally different play, but this pass he made was just phenomenal, I thought. Yeah, I mean, no lookers, sidearm, one hand on the bounce. He can do it all. And he, I mean, he's one of my favorite players to watch because he's just a tremendous floor general. Every game I've shown up to this year uh, that Crestview plays, he's he's been fantastic every time I've seen him. He had four assists again the other night and really rarely turns the ball over, which, I mean, he'll get some turnovers occasionally, but it's never unforced. He's always trying to make a play, and it's there are turnovers that you'll live with as a coach. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that should be a good one going down tomorrow night. Um, you're on the call again, I would assume. Yep. Yeah. Right. So I won't make it make a prediction here, but uh, I'm going to say that the, the Knights are. I'm going to take the Knights. Um, I I think it could be a close game. It should be a pretty good game, but I think Crestview wins by about eight points. Yeah, I I really like their chances, and I think you're probably right with that. But honestly, Brett. It wouldn't shock me if Crestview pulled away with it late and really kind of extended their lead and win it comfortably. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So that's Division Four up at Bowling Green. Let's move on to last night, Wednesday night over at Bowling Green as well. Um, starting the early ball game, Wayne Trace and Canton Central Catholic. Pretty low scoring game, not really what we kind of expected going in, but nevertheless, Wayne Trace gets the job done. Um, go ahead and take it away what you saw in this game and what you really thought. Uh, wasn't a thing of beauty uh, <laughs> offensively for either team, and I think both coaches would admit that. But Brett, we talked about it a little bit before we came on here, and I think Canton Central Catholic and their coaching staff. I think they were a little scared of Wayne Trace, and I think they intentionally tried to play that game a slow and methodical pace to try to limit Wayne Trace's possessions. And I thought it was a great game plan. They played a zone that really gave the Raiders some trouble. And, I mean, somehow the Raiders get all but one basket from Brooks Lockoff and Kyle Stoller, and they're able to win it again by taking care of the basketball playing great defense and winning the rebounding battle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, it was a win. (laughs) We'll just leave her at that. It was a win. They got the job done. Uh, It wasn't a thing of beauty. That zone that central Catholic threw at them was uh, pretty unorthodox. It was a little different zone. Um, That three, two is a little extended and you could tell 
the length and the way they extended it, that Wayne Trace was not very comfortable with it that first half. No, and the way they were playing that zone, I mean, the 3-2, the top three guys were extended clear out past the three-point line, mm-hmm. um, really at like the volleyball line area. And so the Raiders had some difficulty with it, but the adjustment that uh, Coach Linder made in the second half, putting Brooks lock up uh, in the corner, kind of running the baseline, really opened the whole thing up, and the Raiders were then able to get the ball into the middle easier and get better looks in the second half. Speaking of getting to the middle, we uh, mentioned that uh, last episode, big-to-big passing between Kyle Stoller and uh, Tyler Davis. I thought that was phenomenal again last night, especially in the second half. Yeah, tremendous. And Kyle, I thought, did a really good job in the middle of that zone making quick decisions because uh, Central Catholic was really collapsing immediately when he'd catch it in there. And they were being really physical with him and smacking him across the arms, and the officials weren't calling any fouls. But, uh, I mean, that goes for the whole Raider team. I thought they all kept their composure with that really well. But I thought Kyle making quick and good decisions in there in the middle of that zone was key for Wayne Trace. And I thought he was the best player on the floor last night for either team. Yeah, talk about Wayne Trace defensively. I thought they mixed it up a little bit, and ultimately it seemed like they were – kind of more comfortable at the end of the game man-to-man. Um, and and maybe that's – I think that kind of paid off the best once uh, a couple of those other guys hit some threes. They, you know, Wayne Trace went man. Um, what did you see, like, defensively out of the Raiders? I think, obviously, it was a solid performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they changed up and, and what do you think on that front there? Yeah, mostly man-to-man. And I, I think it's really cool – to watch just the evolution of this team because they weren't playing any man in December. And I mean, not a lot in January either, but then regional semi man to man was the best matchup. And I think that the Raider players are really starting to understand situations and when they really need to dig in and get a stop. And we see them then on the defensive end communicating more and really starting to understand matchups and shots that you want them to take or don't want to give up and defensive rotations off the ball and gap defense. Uh, they're really doing a great job playing man-to-man, especially that rarely played any man in the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it was a, a, a total team effort. And, uh, you know, again, Brooks and Kyle do the majority of the scoring and I think Tanner had the other three. Um, but – Again, those other guys doing so much more. I thought Cale Winans played a nice game. Um, Hudson Myers played a nice game. And Brady Miller off the bench as well. Yeah, they all had their moments. Cale Winans with four big assists for Wayne Trace last night. And Tanner Lockup, he knocks down the big three ball from the corner in the third quarter. But uh, maybe the bigger staff for him, only one turnover last night. And that's after having zero turnovers in the district final against Emmanuel Christian. So back-to-back big games for the freshman against teams with a lot of speed and quickness and length on the perimeter, and he's had one turnover in those two games combined. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Um, anything else you want to mention about this game before we move on? No, I think think we got it all covered. I mean, like we said, it wasn't pretty, but somehow Wayne Trace ends up with a win, uh, low scoring, but it's it's that time of year where you just survive it in advance. I didn't know one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, the end of the game, that was pretty crazy. How I I noticed Wayne Trace uh, won the rebound battle by two, 
and it's pretty uh, coincidental there that they got two big rebounds off of missed free throws there at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, how about that? Wayne Trace misses one-on-one <laughs> opportunity back-to-back at the end of the game, and it seems like a lot of times that'll come back and haunt a team, but not the Raiders. And really, Wayne Trace had a lot of fouls to give at the end. I think they only had two or three team fouls, so they yeah. could really be aggressive going to the offensive glass. And Tyler Davis had a huge tip out, and then uh, Kyle Stoller with a big offensive rebound that ended up being a jump ball that gave Wayne Trace possession. And then also, like, Wayne Trace staying aggressive there late and going for the win with the inbounds play to lock up for the layup that iced it. Yeah, you know, you could have just threw that thing in and got fouled again and rolled rolled the dice with the charity strike for the third time. But uh, they run a nice play, um, nice little butt screen there. I can't remember who really set it from the angle I was at, probably one of the bigs, and Brooks had a wide open slip to the basket there for a lay-in. Yeah, so, I mean, points were at a premium, and so the Raiders get it done, and I know we'll talk about it more, but uh, they're going to have to shoot it better this weekend if they want to win the regional and get to the Final Four. Absolutely, and let's just transition right into that. So, the second game, Ottawa-Glandorf, Cardinal Stritch. Uh, did you stay and watch the entire game or just kind of the first quarter? Yeah, just watched part of it. Watched about the first right. 10 minutes and uh, saw what I needed to see. And I, I think Cardinal Stritch is a good team. I mean, they had some players this year. They brought a lot back. Um, I think their coach, Sed Harris, does a great job. But um, – you could just tell that the OG press was just going to be too much for them early on, even when they were hanging in there. I mean, OG just keeps coming, just keeps coming. They stay right in their press. Uh, They make you do uncharacteristic things. And Stritch was really trying to run with them and keep up with their scoring. And uh, OG was able to hang right with them. I mean, they came out shooting the ball incredibly well. And then it's just kind of what we see in a lot of, games that OG plays in just over the course of four quarters, they're going to wear you down and then ultimately uh, extend their lead. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. I watched the first three quarters and then uh, I saw everything I needed to see and got out of there a little bit early, but man, the Titans are so good. Uh, So well coached, obviously Colin White, we know what he's all about. The guy I was most impressed with was the, uh, the point guard, Steck Schulte. Um, I didn't realize, and I, well, I did realize that I guess while I was sitting there, um, he never ran the point in the past, like against us when mm-hmm. I was coaching, right? And all of a sudden, now he's run the point, and I thought that's pretty interesting. This is the first time I saw him in person was last night, yeah. And uh, I thought that's pretty interesting. And I tell you what, Stretch got after him a little bit. He was poised, he was cool, and then I saw in the uh, post game press conference. Coach McLaughlin brought that up, how this kid hasn't handled the ball um, as the primary point guard since he was in junior high. I just think that's pretty impressive and and a testament to that kid and not only him, but that program and what they expect over there at Ottawa Glendorf. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a different animal over there. And this year, they're not as deep as they have been in years past, but they have a big four with White, Steck Schulte, uh, Mag and Erford. I mean, the, those four guys are their guys, but they're all really good, and they can all handle the ball. And, I mean, Colin White, again, last night, I think he finished with 15 points. He didn't have a good shooting night. He was one for six from three. And so, I mean, for OG to still be able to win by 20 with White shooting it poorly, I mean, he's another guy, though. He does so much else. 
crashing the offensive boards, uh, never takes shots out of turn. He just plays the game the right way. Mm. I love how they just stay so aggressive throughout the whole course of the game. I mean, not only with their press, but offensively. Once they break somebody down, I mean, if they got an open look, it doesn't matter who it is. They're still they're still shooting the ball. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. they're not pulling it out front even with a twenty point lead and running some clock. If it's the third quarter and they're up twenty, they're still playing. Yeah, exactly. And and they are able to run clock, but it's within their motion offense. And as soon as yeah. they get a couple yeah. ball reversals and they find a matchup they like, a one on one, or the defense is just out of position, maybe not in the gap. Uh, I mean, their their guards are coming downhill and they're going to the rim and they move and cut so well. So I mean. It's another textbook OG team. I mean, very impressive win last night. So let's go ahead and, and take a look ahead here. Uh, Wayne Trace OG, 1 o'clock at the Stroh Saturday afternoon. Um, what's it going to take for Wayne Trace to get this thing done? Yeah, I mean, so here we are again. I mean, what is this, round four years? <laughs> round four, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, mean, I think both teams know what, what they're getting into, and both teams know what to expect from each other. It's just a matter of going out there and doing it. So for Wayne Trace to get it done, um, OG is a team where they don't have to play a junk defense or do anything special defensively to sometimes take guys away. And and so I think they're going to just play hard man-to-man and really pay special attention to Brooks Lockoff and Kyle Stoller. With that being said, the other guys for Wayne Trace have to be ready to step up and make shots. I mean, we we saw it a little bit uh, last night against Central Catholic, and even if the shots aren't necessarily always going in, just having that threat of putting the putting shots up and allowing taking some pressure off those guys or allowing Kyle Stoller and Tyler Davis to work on the offensive glass, that's what Wayne Chase is going to have to do. And I think it can't just be one guy. It can't just be a Tanner Lockup. It has to be all of them. Tyler Davis is going to have to put shots up. Kale Winans, Hudson Myers, they're all going to have to be aggressive with their mindsets offensively. Absolutely, absolutely. And we know what OG's going to do. I mean, they're going to come at you. The first bucket they get, they're going to come out in that press. And it's, you know, can you just handle the pressure and just stay within yourself? Um, And I feel like these past three matchups, you know, I was a part of it as a coaching staff, so I'll take take responsibility for it. But the, the press just, you can't simulate it, and it catches you off guard. Not that it catches you off guard. It just um, you're prepared that it's going to happen. But I mean, that's not the easiest thing to prepare for. I guess is what I'm getting at here. Yeah, I mean, th- this might be silly of me, but I don't see OG's press giving Wayne Trace as much trouble this year because I would agree they, with yeah. because they have other guys that can handle the basketball. And Wayne Trace, I mean, last night Canton Central Catholic pressured a couple possessions, and Wayne Trace got layups out of it. So I mean, yeah. OG's press is different. And, uh, I mean, breaking it is one thing, which I think Wayne Trace will be able to do. But scoring on the backside, I think, is what makes OG's press so tough because they'll even when you do get it across half court, they'll chase you down and double, and they do such a great job of getting back in transition. And even if you get a break, a two-on-one on the back of it, they have 6-6 six, six waiting there in, in mags. So it's definitely tough. But I don't think Wayne Trace wants to get a lot of quick shots up Saturday anyways. I think it's a game where they want to break the press and get into their offense and be really patient offensively. I, not necessarily stalling or anything, but just moving the basketball and being patient and then being ready to step up with confidence when the open shot presents itself. 
I agree. I agree. That's exactly what you want to do. Again, slowing it down, breaking that press, getting across half court. But then when you get across half court, you got to realize we don't have to score that quick. Um, we could take our time and and be fine. But like you said, with that press, not only a stretch broke it a couple times last night, uh, especially early. And I tell you, they got all the way to the rim, and it was just like Theo Mag or whoever was back there contested it, and they missed some layups. Not that Stretch didn't have opportunities, but then off those missed layups, they're coming right back at you, and that's what I think kind of blew the, the game open for OG last night in the second quarter. Yeah, it, it's a great point, and, and like you said, so Stretch was breaking it, and then their guards are going in there, you know, driving 75 and a 55 going to the rim, <laughs> yeah. and, and maybe the shot goes in, maybe it doesn't against Mag or whoever's back there on the backside of the press, but either way, even if Stritch makes a couple layups, OG doesn't care because then the game's being played at their pace. They want to get into those fast-tempo games with as many possessions as possible because they know they have so much offensive firepower and not many teams in the state in Division III um, are able to keep up with them scoring-wise. And and I think Wayne Trace realizes they don't have the offensive firepower that OG does. So I think they have to try to limit the possessions in that game, break the press, and then be solid in the half-court offensively. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a pretty good game if the Raiders just take care of their business and uh, you know take care of the basketball, slow it down, get good shots, and then obviously knock down some shots. We talked about the role players um, really having to step up and be aggressive in this game. And if I, th- I think if that happens – uh, we could be in for a good one on Saturday afternoon up at BG. The role players are going to have to make plays. Wayne Trace is going to have to hang tough on the rebounds, uh, on the boards on both yeah. ends. And then they're also going to have to continue to take care of the basketball, which hasn't been an issue uh, this in this tournament run. I mean, single-digit turnovers would be huge again for Wayne Trace. And then defensively, they're just going to have to mix it up and, and take care of business on the glass, like we said, and, and, and they'll be right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That does it for division three. That should be a good one. Um, have you caught an update on Van Wert Rossford right now? I should be about final. I would think yeah, it's gotta be getting close. I know Van Wert had the lead. They are up six with a minute and a half to go. Last report I see here. That should be final. Okay, up six with a minute and a half, you said. Yeah, 43 to 37, so another low-scoring game. Okay, I was just checking to see if, yeah, that's the last I'm seeing. Um, but let's talk about the first game, if you if you don't mind. I know we weren't there tonight, but mm-hmm. Lutheran West knocks off Sandusky 71-55. Uh, the only thing I've heard about Lutheran West is how good they are. I mean, they knocked off OG earlier this year, so... Uh, do you know much about them? Um, I know that they're really solid. And, I mean, <laughs> Sandu- I mean, them and Sandusky, that was number four and number five in the state, according yeah. to the Martin RPI. So, a huge matchup. And Lutheran was able to pull away and win by 16. I heard they looked really impressive in that first game. Obviously, I'm not there. But uh, that'll be a tall task for the Cougars. But, I mean, Van Wert's playing really, really good basketball. Yeah, they they certainly are. Certainly are, and again, I'm just kind of seeing if I got an update here, but I'm not seeing one, so we're just going to assume, I hope it doesn't come back to bite us, <laughs> we're, we're going to assume that I think uh, 
the Cougars are probably going to pull this one off. Um, Looks like they're in good position to do so. Yeah. So, I mean, let's say Van Wert gets the win. Um, and, again, I don't know what they have to do to win on Saturday, but uh, it sounds like they got a pretty solid team. So, that should be a good one. That'll be uh, 4 o'clock on Saturday as well. Yeah, I actually talked to the uh, officials that before the game that did the game Tuesday night. I think they did the early game, the PH game. And I talked to them a little bit. They were from the Cleveland area, and I asked them about Lutheran West, and they actually had them in the district finals. And they said that they're very good. I mean, they're they're a tough team, and they like to get after you, and they're pretty skilled offensively as well. So that'll be a game where Van Wert uh, or Rossford – I guess we'll have to really take care of the basketball in another one of those games where whichever one of these teams wins the late game, they probably want to slow it down, limit the possessions, and not let Lutheran West get out and run. For sure, for sure. All right, man, that's all I got. I mean, unless we want to stick around and wait for the Cougars to finish up here, but I think um, if that's all you got, that's all. I mean, I'm not going to know much yeah. more Division Two here, so right. I'm not going to blow smoke at anybody i just <laughs> the only thing i saw tuesday and wednesday so um but obviously if the cougars get there rooting for them um yeah. no matter who's in that game i think it should be pretty good and they'll have they'll have their hands full with Lutheran west for sure from everything that we're hearing so um been another great week of regionals i was excited um last couple nights i thought the atmosphere in there division four division three uh was both fantastic. I don't know what you thought, but everybody brought a pretty good crowd, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I I will just tell our listeners and, you know, tell your friends and family, especially with Van Wert looking like they're going to win this late game, I think there's real potential for uh, the show to be at near capacity for the 1 o'clock game mm-hmm. on Saturday. You know, with Wayne Trace being close to Van Wert, obviously, and then uh, OG being a fellow Western Buckeye League school. So, get your tickets and get to the Stroh Center early for that Division Three game because I think it's going to be a great crowd. And tomorrow night for D4, obviously going to be a tremendous crowd also. You know, Brett, I mean, it's really cool. You look at the D3 and D4 uh, regional finals here in our area, and it, I mean, it's two matchups between two Blue Bloods. I mean, just the top programs, the best yeah. of the best in the area, Crestview, Marion, and then um, Wayne Trace and OG. So, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Absolutely. And then, you know, to follow up your point about that Division Three game being full, wouldn't be shocked if Wayne Trace and OG fans both stick around to watch Van Wert and yeah. uh, Lutheran West, if that's the case, uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, so, that I mean, both crowds could be really, really good, I think, um, yeah. as they should be. And it's always fun watching the regional final up at Bowling Green. Yeah, it's going to be tremendous. And I just saw it went final. Van Wert did win. So Awesome. Van Wert and Lutheran West on Saturday at 4. Good deal. Good deal. All right, man, that's all I got for this evening. You got any shout-outs for us or anything to add before we jump off here? I don't have any shout-outs, I don't think. Just shout-out to uh, all the kids playing, you know, Van Wert, Crestview, and Wayne Trace. What a great showing for our area so far this week with three Mm -hmm. wins in the semifinals and hopefully keep it going this weekend. I will follow that up with the same – Congratulations to Crestview, Wayne Trace, and Van Wert. And, um, yeah, hopefully they can get it done. Wouldn't that be something? 
for uh, all three to end up in UD Arena next week. Oh, that would be crazy. It'd be wild for sure. All right, man, that's all I got. And, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you over the weekend, maybe Sunday or Monday, and we can kind of recap these regional finals and, and dive into UD Arena next week and uh, talk some state final four. Sure, it's almost Dayton week, so sounds good, Brett. I'll catch you later. All right. You have listened to another episode of Across the Field. <laughs> Peace out.